Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Today is Monday, May 30th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 65, the last paragraph that begins with, we went back through our lives. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Janice M., the 12 Traditions, Nancy J., and reading the literature today is Judy S. and Carrie P. The share ID for Sunday is May 29, 2016, our special edition meeting titled Spiritus Contra Spiritus by Carol G. is 8777. Eight seven seven seven. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, nor soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA Fifth Tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice M. to please read the 12 steps. Well, thank you, and good morning to everyone. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we, were, we admitted we were powerless over foods that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pat. Thank you, Janice M. I will now ask Nancy J. to read the 12 traditions, please. Good morning, fellow visionaries. Good morning, Santa. This is Nancy J., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon the OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the press at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is our, is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Nancy J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted.
Today we resume our study of the big book on page 65, the last paragraph beginning with, we went through our lives through two paragraphs ending with, and with us to drink is to die. The first paragraph will be read for context and comments focus on the second paragraph read. I will now ask Judy S. to begin reading. Thank you, Santa. This is Judy S. from upstate New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. We went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us to drink is to die. Good morning, all. Um, I'm very, feel very blessed to be able to share on this paragraph. Um, the, the words that struck out to me, uh, the first ones are, we permit these. So what are, what are we permitting? We are permitting to have these resentments. And in my experience, you know, I, 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 when I think about where I was even six months ago and where I am today, I am so infinitely grateful that I am not permitting these as often as I used to. And by that, I mean, when I am feeling any kind of, you know, irritation or something's bugging me, that that's that's a resentment or at least the beginning of a resentment or there's something going on or if I have a niggling little food thought going on, that's the beginning of it. And then I have to, then I have to look at what I'm thinking. And, and what I realize is I am the only one who can think my thought. Nobody else is doing that. So this fourth step reminds us that and, and you know, and this isn't for somebody who's just going through the fourth step, you know, this is like this is, you know, after somebody who's done a lot of work because you know, my my thoughts, my mind was just crazy. I couldn't I mean the thoughts were coming so fast I couldn't even catch them. But now I am catching these thoughts and I don't permit them to go I don't permit that resentment to go on. I ask for help, I stop the thought and go, wait a minute. It's happening again. Okay, it's just a thought. I don't have to believe this thought. Oh, it's me. That person is sick. It's, it's you know, I, 
there's nothing else to go, nothing else to do here except to stop this thought and go, yeah, you know what? This is a sick person. And this is what the fourth step, you know, by writing all this down, we can see these resentments. And then, because if we don't, it's going to kill us. Basically, resentment is fatal. It will kill me. Because these resentments block us from the sunlight of the spirit. The true me who is is only acting this way because I'm believing all these crazy thoughts I have. Oh, this person looked at me the wrong way, or this person did this because blah, 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 you know, and blaming. And, you know, I, 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 that this has been my experience because, you know, I know that it's fatal because I picked up and lived in, in relapse for three years. And, and I know that for me to, to pick up my, my binge foods again is to die, that I will do that if I do not continue to work this program and continue to look at my resentments throughout the day and be aware of my thoughts. And so with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Judy S. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on the second paragraph read? This is Nessa R. This is Nessa R. Chrissy G. Larry. Okay, this is who I heard. I heard Bella G, Nessa R, Chrissy, and... Larry K. Anyone else? Nadia B. Nadia B. Okay, good morning, Bella G. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Santa, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, this paragraph is exactly for me today. We shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. Wow, yes. You know, the last few days I have an experience of a very painful resentment. And yes, I have to remember that we, I shut myself from the sunlight of the spirit. And what does it mean that before the program, you know, I had the feelings of, painful and resentment and anger, and I stayed with those feelings, and I built a, a tower of, you know, of those resentment and painful feelings, and I was in my character defects of people-pleasing and poor me. Today, this is what I have to tell to myself. Bella, yes, you have those feelings, the painful feeling, the resentment, but you know, I have to remember, I am connected to a higher power, to a power that loves me and accepts me. And yes, I don't have to stay in the pain and the anger. And I have to remember that we are all human. And, you know, people are sick, the same that I am sick, and people are not perfect. And yes, I, I am in pain. But it doesn't mean that I poor me, that I am a pity. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I have the power and control. And today, yes, I, I feel pain. And I also feel the love and acceptance of being connected to a higher power. 
Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I want to comment on the last few sentences. The insanity of alcohol returns when you drink again, and you ask to drink is to die. And uh, this um, refers to the uh, well-known stages of a spree described in the doctor's opinion on um, XXIX, I think. Uh, because if I'm in um, step four, I've gone to steps one, two, and three, and I am abstinent. So I am not experiencing, you know, the biology of the body, which is the phenomenon of craving. Um, but I am still not recovered, which means that I'm still experiencing the obsession of the mind. You know, life still happens um, while I'm going through this process. And I still get restless, irritable, and discontented. And so the obsession of the mind is going full throttle, saying, you know, Nessa, go eat, go eat, go eat. It's okay. It'll have Nessa feel better. And all these um, lies that it tells me to push me into the food. Um, and if I succumb um, and eat again, I will die. And so this, these sentences give me instructions uh, on two levels. When I'm in step four and not recovered, it tells me get to the step four quickly because life is happening. And if you take too long, if you take too long, you will have no choice but to pick up the food because you're not going to be able to bear the intensity um, of the mental obsession that will come, you know, um, as a result of just life happening. And it also tells me in the recovered state that I cannot um, coddle and nurture my resentments that are going to naturally arise as a result of life. And I got to deal with it quickly. You know, um, there's uh, references here to the fact that it is up to me to make sure that this doesn't happen. You know, when it says to the extent that we permit this. And then it says there, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. So I do it to myself. I do it to myself if I don't go to step four quickly. And once I'm recovered, I do it to myself if I don't clean up um, my resentments as soon as they arise. So there's some very clear cut instructions here for, for, for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. Good morning, Chrissy G. I hear an echo, but I do hear you. Okay. Would you be able to come back to me? Oh, sure. I'll put you at the bottom. Um, Larry, Kay, are you available? Sure, sure. I can jump in there. Good morning, Larry. <laughs> Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Uh, appreciate it. Um, the uh, Yeah, it, 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 it talks about here that... Um, you know, uh, to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? And uh, we, you know, we found that this is fatal, and that was uh, the case for me. Um, what, what captures this best for me, there's a poem I read, is it captures it. Um, it talks about, you know, the resentments, and it says, the moment you start to resent a person, you become his slave. He controls your dreams, absorbs your digestion, robs you of your peace of mind and goodwill and, and takes away the pleasure of your work. He ruins your religion and nullifies your prayers. You cannot take a vacation without his going along. 
He destroys your freedom of mind and hounds you wherever you go. There's no way to escape the person you resent. He's with you when you're awake. He invades your privacy when you sleep. He's close beside you when you drive your car and when you're on the job. You can never have efficiency or happiness. He influences even the tone of your voice. He requires you to take medicine for indigestion, headaches, and the loss of energy. He even steals your last moment of consciousness before you go to sleep. So if you want to be a slave, harbor your resentments. <clears throat> I like that because, you know, here, you know, um, I need to know that with the resentments, you know, I'm, uh, I thought harboring my resentments would somehow I would find justice. You know, I would find justice. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to embrace those and hold those resentments as tight as I possibly can because by doing so, you know, then somehow eventually I'm going to get justice. And that wasn't the case. All I got was I was binging my brains out day after day. And I was miserable. And when I was dieting, I was, I was even more miserable because I felt those feelings even, even more strongly. Um, you know, today I don't have to live that way. You know, um, I've learned through, these, through these, these steps, starting with this first action step, I've learned it's given me a, um, a track to run on. It's given me a design for living that I've learned how to let go of my resentments much more quickly. And, uh, and, and, that's, and that's one of the keys here is, you know, because then, you know, among other things, I'm not blocked off by the sunlight of the spirit. I have, it's like I'm plugged in like an outlet and the, and the power kind of flows to me. And, 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 you know, stuff happens. Oh, it's going to happen today. Someone will step on my toes today. Someone's going to step on your toes today. But so, too, you have the ability to transcend those resentments. They just seem to, they, they seem to dissipate, you know. That's what it seems like to me. So, anyways, with that, I will pass. Thanks, Santa. And thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Nadia B. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service, Santa. This is Nadia B., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Leader in Connecticut. And, um, you know, uh, so much it says here in this paragraph um, in correlation to the resentment. And, you know, it says it's, um, it brings only fertility and unhappiness. Um, it, it says, you know, the word grave and fatal. And, um, you know, there is the word die in this paragraph. So, you know, for me, it tells that, you know, how horrible um, this, what I permit, is and what it does for me. And, um, you know, it is so, um, but, you know, it also gives me hope. It tells me that I have a choice, that I permit this. So, um, which means that, you know, that can be changed for me. And, um, you know, for me today, the insanity, when I look back, when I look back at, um, you know, when I uh, did my first fourth step and maybe couldn't see, you know, I saw all these people, you know, being wrong, done wrong by me. And, you know, I was harboring this feelings of, you know, futility and happiness and just like um, Larry just said, you know, I was carrying those people around me all the time and um, made me sick. And um, so what, what um, 
and that's you know when I when I go back, I see why that insanity of you know me wanting to eat came back again and again and again. So this is you know the progress. And here is the sentence that I love in this um, you know because this paragraph for me it is a little daunting. Um, but with the alcoholic whose hope is in maintenance and growth of spiritual experience. Um, so it tells me what I am to do here. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. As long as I can take a look what I'm carrying with me, there is hope. Um, and so there is hope in this paragraph for me. And, you know, um, thank God. Sadia B, we don't hear you. Okay, perhaps she's having some technical difficulties. Chrissy G, are you available? I am, Sunday. Okay, Nadia uh, B, are you there? Okay, go ahead, Chrissy G. What page? I'll pass with that. Thank you. Okay, Nadia. Okay, thank you. Great. Someone's adding the page. Um, we're on page sixty-six. Hi. Thank you. It's Chrissy G. Recovered Convertible Reader and Anorexic from New Jersey. Thank you, Santa. I, you know, was at my daughter's communion yesterday, and I recently was divorced, and. You know, I, this is such a perfect thing to read today because I can see how I've come full circle with with this with this passage. What it what it meant to me the first time, like early in sobriety, when when I read it, and what it it means to me now. It used to mean it used to mean to me that I if I let go of resentments, what I used to believe is that the way I understood it in my own immature, you know, spiritual development and that's it's that's just what it is. It's it's a it's a it's a, a development. It's an evolution. And when I first um heard this, I thought, oh, okay, so the resentments block me from the spirit. The resentments block me from the spirit. What I heard was I have to learn how to get along with everybody. And in my mind it was find a way to get everybody to treat me right. Oh, that's the answer. I have to get, that's the way I, I took it, and I lived that for a long time. And I needed to do that and go through that pain in order to realize that that's not what this means and to have a deeper understanding of what this this acceptance of the fact that people are imperfect and unconditional love is not going to be found in my human relationships no matter who they are, and to varying degrees. So yesterday I'm at the communion, and my my um, ex-in-laws are there. Who I I thought that if they, if I could just, my parents didn't love me properly, right? So they they hurt me, and I was angry with them. But now these new parents that I got, they're going to love me unconditionally. And boy, did they show that they were human and. I showed that I was human and it didn't go down the way I wanted it to go down. And 
you know, I had resentments towards them for a really, really long time. So as I'm sitting in church, and, and that's my higher power for me, Jesus is my higher power, and I'm thinking, wow, I get unconditional love here. I'm looking at my parents, I'm looking at my in-laws, and there was such a profound, just rational feeling towards those people. There wasn't that, that angst of, if I can only get them to love me properly, everything would be okay. I don't need that anymore. And I realize that it's impossible that no human being can love me unconditionally the way my higher power can. And then from that, I could, I could forgive them and, and, of course, forgive myself because I hurt people too. And, and I'm just so grateful for this program, and I'll keep coming. Thank you. And thank you, Chrissy G. And if you're just joining us, we are on page 66, and we're sharing on that first full paragraph. We also like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read. This is Janet Marilyn. Reva P. Rochelle M. and Marilyn. Hello, this is Rochelle. Rochelle M. and Marilyn. Paula S. in Ohio. Sally. This is Rochelle from Israel. Carrie P. Hello. Okay. Um, this is who I heard so far. I heard Janice M. I heard Reba P. Michelle M. And I heard someone from Ohio. I didn't get the name. Then I heard Sally M., Carrie P., and Raquel. Thank you. Who did I miss? Okay. Well, we will begin with this list here. Good morning, Janice M. Oh, good morning, Santa and everyone. My name is Janice M, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, boy, what a paragraph. Yeah, deep resentment. Oh, I love that. I love to have deep resentment so that I can blame you and I don't have to look at me. However, however, if I don't go through this process of getting rid of them, you know, I will not get the prize at the end of the steps. I will not because the, the purpose of me going through these steps is freedom, freedom from obsession, freedom of compulsion, and um, which is the spiritual awakening. That's what it says. But with the alcoholic whose hope, that's my hope, is to get well, to find a way out of this illness is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience. And, you know, nothing grows in the dark. <laughs> nothing will grow in the dark. That's why we need the sunlight to grow. That is the purpose for me, for me, to get a relationship with my higher power. So even if I have one now, I want a, a new relationship. I want a growing relationship. Otherwise, I will die. I will die. I won't go boom, dead, but eventually it will kill me. It really will kill me. And, you know, I'm the one that's taken this poison. <laughs> and the ones that um, resentful left, they don't even know what's going on. They, they can probably tell by my action and the chemistry, but it doesn't bother them. I'm the one that takes the poison. I'm the one that's going to die. And uh, that'll, be the, that'll be the end. You see, um, infinitely grave means extremely serious, serious, because hanging on, harboring, clinging to these resentments, you know, I feel good. 
because I relive it. I, re- I, I relive it in my head. It's like a tape recorder, you know, and that's what's the block. That blocks me off from my higher power, who is the one that's going to, you know, help me uh, have a way out of this through this process of the 12 steps. And so, you know, yeah, it does. <laughs> and what insanity of the thinking of uh, picking up that uh, that particular food uh, because I'm not feeling very good. <laughs> you know, resent, resentment is killing me. It really is killing me. And what a freedom when it, it is removed. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Janice M. Good morning, Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I wanted to share on the fact that I shut myself off from the power that I need, um, which I acknowledged in those first three steps, that I do this. And I didn't know that I was doing this to myself. Um, And just like nobody was shoving the food down my throat, nobody was forcing me to think this way. I was doing it, but I didn't know that till I started the process of steps four through nine, where I start out, as people have shared the past few days, where I'm blaming everyone and everything um, for all the problems in my life, including my compulsive overeating, and I start to see that I'm contributing and that I have a part to play, um, and I'm doing it to myself which means I can stop doing it to myself. But I can't stop doing that from my own willfulness. I need to go through the steps one by one and through the process it is done for me. Um, And what is the solution here? Because it talks about fatal dying. I knew I was dying. I was dying physically, emotionally, spiritually on all levels. I was like the walking dead. what is my hope? Hope doesn't, it doesn't say, you know, to put down the food or to be sober. That's not where the hope is. It's not being a dry drunk, abstinent only. Hope is the maintenance and not just maintenance. It's not just getting to go away and it's not just, oh, I've done all the steps, I'm done. Um, it's growth. It's constantly doing this daily over and over and over because life happens and my mind needs you know, to be shifted all the time from where it goes to as a first reaction. Um, so I think this is really hopeful that I can take responsibility. Um, and you know what? People will continue to be wrong. People will continue to do what they do. The world will continue to be the way it is. Um, but I get to change on the inside. And what's amazing is I remember after going through this process for the first time, I had the same job, I had the same people in my life, and it seemed to me that I perceived everybody else was different. But they were the same. It's I was different. Um, So nothing changes on the outside. Um, It's only when I change on the inside that things change. are so much more peaceful. And that's true freedom um, because I know what it's like to be a white knuckle dry drunk and it is so not fun. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Good morning, Michelle M. Good morning, thank you for your service. This is Rochelle M. Marilyn, can you hear me? I sure can, Rochelle. Okay, great. 
So um, when I read this paragraph, I know we always talk about the promises and getting the promises. When I look at this stuff, I say to myself, hello, there are negative promises. If I don't do the steps, if I don't do my fourth step, if I don't live in 10, 11, and 12, it's, it's, it's as if I am living a hell in this world because that's what this is to have. I mean, I heard there was, there was Larry who described before about some poem about people living in your head. You're carrying it around with you. You're not waiting to after you pass away. You're just doing it here, and you're not living life as you could be, as we say, joyous and free. So it reminds me of, and it reminds me of, but when take a look, I wanted to concentrate on that last, uh, line here, and with us to drink is to die. So to me, I like to look at things as opposites and, and to get the full impact of them. So um, I have spent the past week doing service. I, I took off from work. Somebody's unmuted. Um, I took off from work this week, and I was helping somebody all week long, and it meant cleaning their bathrooms and uh, other not joyous things and doing other chores and, and things that were really quite um, fatiguing. But the bottom line is I got back yesterday, and I had the sense of emptiness because, and I was wondering, what is this? Am I being restless, irritable, and discontent? Um, the answer was I wasn't doing service. And it just told me how very dear service must be to someone who's in recovery, that if we don't, if we don't do acts of service, then I think I die spiritually. So with that, I pass. And thank you, Rochelle M. And if you're not sharing, please um, check your line to make sure it's muted. There's like sounds of paper in the background so that we can have a quiet meeting. And now we'll have Sally A. Good morning, Sally. Good morning. Good morning, Edition, for you. So I just want to uh, bring a couple of my thoughts to this paragraph that has such strong words. Um, we see here in this... It says it is plain that a life which includes deep resentments leads only to futility, pointlessness. It's useless. That's what futility is. It's pointless. It's useless. So when my, when my life, when I walk around housing in my head these marbles that are rolling around that, are, that, I'm, that I've made a decision to hold on to, I have... Basically, I have made a decision that I'm going to waste time. It uses the word futility in this first sentence, which means pointless and useless. But then in the next sentence, it tells us that we do we squander the hours, squander, waste, fling away, scatter to the precise extent that we permit these resentments. We squander, waste, scatter, fling away the hours that might have been worthwhile. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty time conscious. I have a lot to accomplish in my in my life. And um, so when I see this word squander, another strong word, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, there it is again. This is really bottom of page 64, just finished telling us that we have been spiritually sick, and when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And so here it is again, whose hope, our only hope, is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience. This experience, this business of resentment, is infinitely grave. That's a really strong word. I mean, grave, it sounds deathly. 
we found that it is fatal. And the truth of the matter is um, we have to work this program as if our life depends upon it because it does. For when harboring, this word harboring also a powerful word, when harboring such feelings, giving, giving a home to, harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. And let's face it, the truth is it's a dark place. It's a dark place when we're, when we're housing these resentments and we're allowing our minds to dwell on the past and re-feeling what we, what we felt was, uh, you know, the victim card that we play about what was done to us. And so what an incredibly wonderful opportunity we have to clean out the closet of our mind and get rid of these things that we've been dwelling on that were only causing us such deep, grave, fatal, wastes of time, futility, pointless, useless. Reminder. I'm going to, I'll wrap it up with that. Thanks for letting me share. Got it, Thank you, Sally A. Good morning, Carrie P. Good morning, my vision for you, family. This is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And I have spent the last seven to ten days restless, irritable, and discontent. And nothing and nobody were able to make this, you know, give me ease and comfort. And, um, you know, after listening to the Super Soul Sunday, the special edition yesterday, I must have listened to it four times in its entirety because there was such a soft presentation, and I got it. I was harboring resentments, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it was or who it was, but I, everything I looked at in the past seven to ten days, I was not happy about. And about three days ago, my husband says, what are you obsessing about? And, like, my husband is not in recovery. He doesn't have this language. And, and when, when an earth person is saying, what are you obsessing about? i got to look at what I'm doing. And I've got to admit that, you know, like the harboring of resentments, it was in my every thought. It was probably in my tone of voice. In everything I was doing, there was no doubt about it. And I was in a meeting last night, and I got to read this paragraph. And, um, you know, yeah, harboring resentments, you know, for me, makes me a very unhappy and an unpleasant carry and, and, you know, makes me want to look at the food and, and whatnot. So, you know, I open myself up to the sunlight of the spirit and I I I let that go cuz I don't want to die. So <clears throat> that's all I have to say and I will pass. Thank you. And thank you Carrie P. Good morning Raquel. Raquel, good, good morning Santa. Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you now. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service, and hello to all my dear family, the visionaries. 
such wonderful, wonderful sharing. Um, I will also go for that last sentence and would ask to drink is to die. You know, I, I feel so lucky that I believe this because as long as I didn't believe this, it was all this what what uh, Kim calls the walls, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, never got past that. But now it's so wonderful that I really know for a fact that if I pick up the food again, I stand the chance of a snowball in hell. So to give up resentment, especially when they are justified, that dubious luxury of the of the needy normal people, if they are such. But for me, to pick up again would be, I, I don't know that I have another recovery in me. So the resentment to be in this, in the justified anger, um, it, it, to, to, to live as a victim is really not a life. And can, can you imagine that somebody is carrying, like me, a, a, a card, like a credit card in my purse because I'm a Holocaust survivor. I have this card that entitles me uh, in the public health uh, place to, for medication, uh, some medications without uh, any charge or, or in taxes and so on. So I have this little card in my uh, purse that says that I am, um, that's the word, victim of the Holocaust. So not that we weren't in concentration camp, but I was born in 1941 into a situation where my mother was running to the air raid shelters with two little kids and me that she needed like a hole in the head in a pregnancy in her stomach. And life was hard and life wandering in Europe to find whoever survived in the family. So I am a qualified, certified victim. So what? So now... I'm probably going to go to uh, to um, Hitler's grave and tell him, you know, Mister. So now, as thank you notes, I'm going to give you the rest of my life. I'm going to live in this resentment that this is what my life became. That I'm a little bit screwed up in the head and oversensitive and and self-pitying and all the rest of it. But but I'm, but I have a chance through program to turn it around and to say, hey, you know what? My life is a miracle. It's a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that I enjoy so many things. And that my life at my old age, being now 75, is like, uh, it's better than I could dream in my pinkest dreams, in my best dreams. So what am I going to do now? Go and pick up food? Just yeah, life comes. Yes, I'll wrap up. So resentment. You know, and pain and, and things that the world will continue to do what it's doing. You know, like somebody else says in, in program, Sydney is going to continue to be in Sydney. But I'm not going to succumb to that. I'm going to succumb to my loving higher power who really wanted me to survive all this. And the resentments can fly out in the wind. I thank you very much for letting me stay. And have a good afternoon day and recovering day, everybody. I pass. And thank you, Raquel. Israel, we have time for approximately two or three more people. Who would like to comment on this paragraph that was read this morning? Irini. 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 And that's all I got. 
The poet Barbie. Barbara N. Her Barbara M. Marie V. And one more. Marie V. Ohio. I heard of Marie. Okay, that's who I go with. Um, okay, Edini, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you, Santa, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. Yeah, wow. You know, I never knew I had a choice. I thought I was totally doomed. I thought I would always be eaten alive by my resentments. You know, I never knew I was polluting my own breath. Um, I I wasn't breathing, you know, the breath that God gave me. Can I have a banana? Yeah, hold on a minute, Edini. Someone is unmuted. If you're not sharing, please check your phone and press star one, please. There's a baby noise in the background. Okay, Edini, go ahead, right ahead. Thank you. Um, so I wasn't breathing, breathing the breath that God gave me um, because I was too busy reliving and refeeling what others have done to me. So I was polluting myself, my breath. You know, and I was torturing myself while the other people that I was resenting, they were just free living their lives. So I chose to allow others to control me and to keep the stories alive in my mind. I was keeping myself a prisoner of my thoughts and and eating to get relief, thinking that it would free me from these feelings, these thoughts. But, of course, that was false. Um, I wasn't letting go, and I needed to let go of what wasn't working for me. And then I needed to grab onto something that would work for me. And step four, wow, it blew me away because it allowed me to see the truth about myself, to see the reality um, that I was living in a false self. I was living in my stories and it popped my bubble, and I'm so grateful for that um, because I was disconnected and I was isolated and I was lost. And then um, seeing that I was, you know, the maker, the doer, the author of my misery because of my thinking. So I was blocking myself from the slight of the spirit. I was standing in my own way to be connected with God, my creator, who gives me my breath, who gives me the power to do everything and anything. He gives me the power to be abstinent. He gives me the power to be sane and gives me the power to have peace and serenity and love in my heart and be a better person. But there's a condition. I must meet him halfway. And how do I do that? To be responsible and the opportunities to change by going through each step and practicing, not just reading, not just memorizing, but to be a doer of the steps, to to be a doer of the big book and no longer a doer of the misery. And 
to change this sentence. So for when no longer harboring such feelings, we open ourselves to the sunlight of the spirit and no longer eat compulsively, we live and breathe the life that God has blessed us with. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Irene M. And good morning, Barbara M. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, family. This is Barbara N. in New York. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your beautiful shares. I just have a couple of things to add. Um, The first thing is that... um, I, when I started this four-step process, I actually had no clue that I was harboring resentment. I thought that, you know, I mean, I basically um, thought that everything, you know, as far as my feelings, I was just depressed. I just, I really was so out of touch with the fact that I was loaded with resentment from pushing my feelings down for years and years and years. So, you know, I have to say that once I got rolling, (laughs) it was incredible what I found. I mean, it was just, just a total surprise to me. I mean, I ended up with 160 something resentments written on my fourth step. How is it that for years I did not have a clue that I was harboring all this stuff. So, I mean, I just thought that was important to point out, you know, to the newcomer, you know, because I really didn't see the connection when I was first reading this. I was like, you know, not, this isn't me. Um, so, you know, as far as shutting myself off from the sunlight of the spirit, I mean, I had shut off so much. I mean, I was literally, uh, you know, also just sitting in a dark room and, you know, shut off from the sunlight and not participating in life. But, you know, as far as my emotions, I had really shut them off and was so unaware of what was going on. So, um, you know, and as, as I was, this was coming into my consciousness and I was so shocked that I was harboring all of these things. Then I thought, Oh my God, what a massive job. My first, um, my first thought was, how am I going to fix this? How am I, how am I going to control these resentments? And, of course, you know, that's not what the steps are about at all. You know, bringing them into our awareness, and, you know, and now doing my 10th step every day and being very conscious, so conscious of anything that's getting in the way of, you know, my feeling peaceful and serene and, you know, I mean – I wake up in the morning and if something's not right, I mean, I literally feel it in my body, you know, and I know there's something I have to dig for and, you know, use the tools, call someone to talk it out. And, and, and when I uncover it, do a 10 step. Uh, so different than the way I used to live, just, you know, unconscious and, you know, with all this stuff buried. Um, and, and, you know, my awareness, Reminder. Okay, my awareness of uh, the fear and resentment really, really grows as I practice doing this every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. 
Okay, thank you, Barbara M. Marie, would you like to do a quick share, or would you want to wait to the second hour and share? Excuse me, I didn't hear you. I said, would you like to do a short, quick share, or do you want to wait till the second meeting to do a full three-minute share? Because we're at the end of the meeting now. It's up to you. Okay, I'll wait till the second hour. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Marie. Okay, and thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us, those who didn't get an opportunity to share or didn't hear your name for the second unrecorded hour of study following closing. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. I will now ask Carrie P. to please read. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Santa, for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.